Hi, welcome to the podcast today. Before we get to some guests who are returning, this time with an event to invite you to. Tim and Amy along shortly. Three things to get to quickly. Um, I love this story because it's uh, it's the pairing of... I love following sports. I don't like watching sports. I can't, I don't know when I last watched sports, maybe the World Series because the Phillies were in, in, in it and, and in a handful of games, I in, in a handful, in a month, I watched more games, or maybe three weeks. I watched more games than I did the last several seasons combined. I, I still like following sports and reading about it. Um, and also people getting their due. Um, the other day I'm on, I'm on ESPN's website and there's a story Front page and everything, big everything, about Nebraska ladies volleyball. What? I read the story, and uh, I think this happened yesterday. So apparently their volleyball team is extremely good. Their women's volleyball team is very good. Maybe like five-time champions, and there's some wild rivalry um, with maybe Wisconsin. So they they put this plan together, and, and I guess the state is rabid for the team, and I guess for volleyball, the football team, the college football team is not very good anymore, and it's very sad, I guess, because they were astonishing for decades, and now they're not. They're like an also-ran. Uh, they're like an Indiana in Big Ten football. Um, So this took months of planning, and these were not... Uh, free tickets. This is paid attendance. Uh, the Nebraska women's volleyball team set a record for women's sports attendance. The number was around 92,000 people. So obviously, if maybe not obviously, they did it in the football stadium um, where a lot of people used to go to. Um, 92,000 people watched this volleyball game and it's a very cool story for this is the second time we're talking sports things this week. Um, the, the, the history being made, the record being set, very cool stuff. I'm glad the ladies could do it. If you would have said, hey Eric, tell me about uh, volleyball in Nebraska three days ago, I would have been like... Uh, I couldn't tell you a thing. Maybe they have some beach volleyball. Like we have a Jed's here. Next thing. Um, I am actually, I will read this. Um, I read that somebody had escaped. I didn't really read the story because the jails are like in these rural areas, but the headline was Lima escapee details prison break that led to days long manhunt. Lima escapee details prison break that led to days-long manhunt. I cannot think of a time where I have ever read, other than like a movie, a documentary, uh, I can't remember a time where I have ever read of someone's prison break. Um, I guess because a lot of times these people wind up dead or just aren't personable enough um, to interview. But this guy, what's his name? Um, James Lee. He's in custody at the Henderson County Detention Center. Uh, discussed the escaped and the manhunt with the sister station of 13 um, in Evansville, Indiana. Lee and his accomplice, Bradley Gillespie, escaped the Allen Oakwood Correctional Facility in Lima back in May. He was in for burglary and breaking and entering. Gillespie Gillespie was in for double murder. Uh, Gillespie died during the manhunt and his body was found in the Ohio River. I think I remember this a bit now. Um, Let's let's talk about this prison break. Uh, Lee, 
Lee was asked if the escape was planned beyond the trash chute they escaped in, and Lee says he never thought they'd get that far. Prison officials didn't realize the pair were missing for about 24 hours after their escape. They went undetected for numerous headcounts. Lee said they stayed in the country for a while. I'm guessing like rural area. They stayed in the country for a while before hitting the highways and making it all the way to Henderson where authorities noticed their stolen car. Once we'd seen one car and we'd seen a couple more cars, we knew it was coming to an end. We wasn't supposed to go back, you know, back to prison. It was either they kill us or we kill them. Uh, the getaway car crashed. It took off on foot. They were caught after leaping fences. I was going to turn on them, act like I had a gun so they'd shoot me, but I never did. Things kick back in your mind. You think about your family. Everyone would be hurt because of something that I did. Um, pretty serious crime, but he did not kill anyone. And uh, we've talked about this before. Me, personally, if I was ever in this situation, obviously I would be... I would be my thought process... My thought processes would be completely different. But as I am right now, if by some chance I did something horrific, accident, whatever, and it's uh, you can put me in jail or, uh, I don't know, the needle, the chair, I'm gonna hang, no, no hanging, firing squad. I am, as I am currently constructed, am not made of the metal to be in prison. Um, and I don't have, while I have... Some very close friends and a lot of people that, that care about me and I, I believe I'm important to and mean something to them. Family small. My dad, my brother, uh, Tracy, Phoenix, and Noel. That's it. So there's not a, a lot of emotional ties tying me to uh, to living. So um, he clear let him like most people. Your brain doesn't allow you to die. Um, your brain instincts as i've talked about so many times when i do presentations for whatever 300,000 years there's been one thing we've tried to accomplish as uh, homo sapiens not die stay alive so his instincts kicked in um i would not want to be i would not want to spend one day in prison um take me out give me the chair so that was uh, that was fascinating to think about that but also i have again never read of a real life prison break and the escapees words and thought process of it thought process is utterly broken here um i read this this editorial in the blade today and usually the blade has editorials with people's opinions i don't agree with but I can respect it uh, a couple weeks ago um there was someone that wrote that they want the amphitheater downtown. And I, and I posted, you know, how often is this person downtown that they know that the amphitheater will actually work um, at the size they want it? Uh, friend Dan Ortiz, who's been on the podcast before, said, uh, this guy is a lawyer in uh, one of the Seagate buildings. Oh, okay. So he, the guy clearly, smart guy and clearly, you know, knows the terrain. So there's things I disagree with, but nothing that I would say is almost like sensationalized, controversial, or deeply controversial, or downright provocative, like you're reading it in the comments section. Um, this is from uh, Barb Barbara Roars, who apparently I guess has a kind of a well-known Facebook, and somebody said she has gotten fired from her job for these types of thoughts. Again, I am stunned that the Blade reported this. Um, it's almost like, look at this idiot. You reported a Toledo pr- 
pride celebrant, saying she wants everybody to be who they are and live the life they want to live with no one judging them. Another complaint bans on LGBT books, presumably for students in schools and public libraries. It's not being judgmental to believe men and women are designed only for heterosexual relations and not born differently in order to do otherwise. It's not judgmental, but prudent to teach our youth age appropriately what is biologically normal and most healthy. According to the designs of male and female for intimacy, procreation, and providing father and mother for children, it's incumbent on parents, physicians, educators, and churches to at least encourage youth to reserve sex for one person of the opposite sex for life. I guess uh, that's the only thing in here I can like reasonably, you know, go, okay, I get you want one, one person for sex, save it. Oh, excellent. I'm fine with that. We should be encouraging monogamy for optimal emotional and physical well-being. Not necessarily monogamy can bring you to that, but I do appreciate um, her wanting people to have optimal emotional and physical well-being. I want that for everybody. If she had intellectual well-being, she wouldn't think like this. Uh, Next, uh, the final few paragraphs. Those who refuse to celebrate pride believe in God of the Bible and his standards of sin versus righteousness. They believe his design is for our good and his glory as people who are created male and female in his image. St. Paul said these proclivities are a result of exchanging the truth about God for a lie and worshiping creature more than creator. That does not mean Bible believers hate people who disagree and live differently. Bible believers might not, but you certainly seem to have an issue with um, homosexual people. Um, Yeah, there's some some absolutely killer lines here. And um, the mega church size boldness i don't want to say balls boldness of barb um not to write this i mean she didn't know it was going to be printed but to have these beliefs and to publicly put them out there i mean like you know i've said before i want to know who the hateful people are i want to know who are i want to know who the racists are i want to know who the sexists are i want to know who the homophobes are i want to know who the anti-semites are instead of knowing they exist but not knowing who or where they are Show us your hate so we can exclude you or punish you appropriately. Um, let's uh, dig into two people I always have a really good time with. In fact, this is one of these things where off podcast is far more entertaining because we have some some really fun conversations, but they are here for business. My friends Tim and Amy from monarchgriefcenter.org here to talk a little bit more about what they've learned as they progressed over the last 10 months and an event to, to invite you to. Let me welcome back to the studio for the second time, second time this year, uh, Amy and Tim from Monarch Grief Center. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Um, you you have come a long way. You were maybe here, what, March or April or so? Something yeah. like that. You guys yeah, are just like a, a big, successful center now yeah. with an event, a fundraiser, which is why you're back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, give me, a, give me a quick synopsis. Amy, you can go. What is Monarch Grief Center? Monarch Grief Center is a nonprofit organization, nonprofit grief center located in Perrysburg, Ohio. We serve all of Northwest Ohio, though. We're not just um, privy, or I shouldn't say privy, but um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Available. Available. Uh, there we to, go. There we go. <laughs> Goodness. Um, to Wood County, we're all over. Um, and we provide individual and group counseling for adults and we also provide individual counseling for children who are dealing with grief and then we also have another kind of arm of it and that's um 
outreach and education, which is sort of my big area. And we go to senior centers and community centers and libraries and churches and pretty much anyone will have us. And uh, we'll, we do um, informational gatherings about grief. What is it? Spelling some of the myths that are out there. So, yeah. Good to know. I'm glad you're uh, you're getting out on the road. We are. I'm glad things are expanding. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim, what is your background? Uh, who and what are you? Why are you uh, able to do this? Yeah. Uh, so actually, both Amy and I uh, are social workers, uh, and we I was at um, a local hospice agency for the last ten years, um, and hospice uh, provides some bereavement services. But Amy and I both had a vision of what how much more that there could be in terms of of grief services services in our area so that's why we started this thing um what have uh, how, how long has the center been open now uh we've been seeing clients since february of this year okay. so seven months yes. what uh and you were here three four months or so ago what yeah. what have you guys learned that you were surprised to learn uh since you've been open to now and it can be anything it can be uh with people that are coming to see you uh how maybe you take it home personally financially it's tough running a business amy (laughs) uh yes we've actually we've learned a whole lot we've learned what we already knew but not to the extent of how uh desperate these services are needed how desperately needed they are in our community uh just because really it's safe to say that everyone's grieving it's unavoidable um some people certainly are more impacted uh, and and need more help than others, but <clears throat> it's kind of a universal thing as far as that goes. Um, yes, I, go ahead. Another thing that we've learned is the continued uh, support, community support for our organization. The more that word gets out there, the more people want to support us, which is part of the reason that the fundraiser is coming up. We'll get um, to that. Okay, That gotcha. seems to speak to That's, Amy's point of we knew something sure. like this was needed, but yeah. n- maybe not to this degree. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess we have also determined that there really is uh, a lack of understanding of grief and what it is how long it lasts, what it comes from, all those things. And so uh, it, it has really been helpful to us to go out into the community and also just the feedback we get from our, our clients that come into the office. Um, you know, learning that <clears throat> there isn't a timeline. You know, we have uh, a number of folks who have lost a spouse, and um, we hear a lot from, I had one uh widow who said to me you know this widow thing is uh is is just not what i expected it to be and i I said well tell me what do you mean and she said oh you know there's a timeline i said timeline she said oh yeah i have a year i said what do you mean you have a year she said everyone i talk to thinks that once it's in a year you should be quote unquote over it that sounds as ridiculous as uh people our age, I guess, Tim, and we're all different ages here. Like, I want to be married by the time I'm 30. Oh, that's a recipe for a bad decision. Right. I, I had yeah. never heard that, and I'm glad yes. you brought that up. Do you come across that a lot where people feel like they there's a timeline, like you look it up online somewhere, and now they've got to be done in X period of days or months? Yeah, right. uh, and I think part of that comes from, really, it's typically the person who's talking to you. Like, if I'm the bereaved person, the person that's talking to me and telling me that I should be over it, 99% of the time, that person's uncomfortable with me being uncomfortable. And it's really on them. And so if, th- if, if we, as people who are trying to support, and I'm not just talking about us as 
social workers, just people in the world trying to support people who are grieving, um, thinking that it's okay for people to be sad. It's okay for people to be, you know, crying, people to be angry, people to be whatever that come their particular, um, you know, grief response is. And that really it isn't our job to fix that. It isn't our job to take that away from them because that's a process that really is important to go through. Grief is not something you can really avoid. If you try, we talked about that last mm-hmm. time. If you try, it just comes back to bite you that you just have to kind of go through it. And uh, as painful as it can be at times, um, we provide a place where people can go through a pain, you know, do the pain of it, but with our support. But other people uh, in grievers' lives can be a support as well. I want to uh, come back to you and, and talk about uh, maybe dispelling more myths, but you talked about how grief is kind of an amoeba. Um, Tim, you said something that stuck in my head last time that uh, that you can grieve anything because when we think of grief, mm-hmm. it's, it's death. But you mm-hmm. opened my mind up to grief can be from anything. Talk more about that, please. Yeah, I mean, one of the the most basic definition of grief is any or a re- reaction to loss. So any loss, um, any change in life means that there's something old and something new. Um, so you're always grieving anything when there's a life change. Even po- a lot of people don't think positive life events like getting married, having a baby, those kind of things can come with a grief response because you're giving up something old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, grief really is just almost life, right? <laughs> how, when you guys are out, how is that message received? Are Do other people's light bulbs go on like mine did when people hear that and they see it from another perspective that somebody doesn't have to die for me to be in a place of grief? Amy? I would say one of the best ways that that is that all of those myths are dispelled and where we get the best results, yes, in the community, but in our individual groups because that we have specialized support groups and when you have a group of folks who are all middle-aged who have lost a spouse or a, a group of young adults who have all lost a parent or whatever commonality they have they get together and they start talking about their experience and suddenly the light bulbs go on and yeah. on and on of like wow i'm not going crazy this is how you're feeling too really this is this was your experience oh my gosh i thought it was just me um, it's really quite powerful. And yes, we do see that out in the community as well, where we just uh, talk about how, yes, grief is a loss of anything, but you know, just again, but what it ends up doing though is sometimes bringing another myth that grief only shows itself in not being able to get out of bed and, and crying and whatever. It, no, just because you're grieving something does not mean that you are incapacitated. Uh, it might just be you find yourself really feeling pretty worn down or or a little more irritable because you're going through these changes. Mm-hmm. That still is a grief process. Again, not everybody who goes through grief needs to see a grief counselor because it is a natural, normal process that people go through. Um, but we're here for those that need the extra help. Uh, any other myths that you have come across when you're out in the community or when people come to you? The timeline thing really, I sh- nothing really surprises me, but... Yeah, did we talk about the five stages of grief? I think we did, but let's go over with them again because it's important to know. Yeah, because uh, that's probably one of the biggest things out there is that I'm doing grief wrong. I'm doing something right. Uh, there are those five stages of grief. What are they? Why am I? And a lot of people always remember the last one, which is acceptance. You know, how do I get to acceptance? Um, and, you know, those five stages of grief are almost 50 years old. So we're grateful to Kubler-Ross for introducing those as part 
part of the you know, as starting the discussion, but it's kind of time to retire um, those those stages of grief uh, because they're minimalistic. You know, to boil grief down to only five different feelings or stages is not. Um, is not right. They are prescriptive, making it sound like you have to go through it. They're linear. You have to go through it in that order when people bounce all around. Um, so is there at least a guideline that you guys approach to people? Not And not that at all. And I get that this is different for everybody and everything. One person could feel devastated like they lost a loved one when they lose their job. Another person could lose a loved one and maybe not feel that bad at all. Um, so what what's the approach? And that's part of the tricky part about grief counseling is the approach is normalizing their grief process. Whatever they're experiencing, that is normal. And trying to help them weed out, because a lot of times people in grief get stuck in this broken record of playing the same thoughts and feelings over and over in their head um, to the point that it makes them feel like they're, you know, they're losing their mind. Uh, So it's letting them verbalize it talk about it get it out toss it around let's 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 look at it let's question it let's see if is this serving us is this not serving us how much of this is true and how much of it is what i've told myself to mm-hmm. be true uh so it, it's a it's a process and it's different for each person for somebody but, that is listening right now who we have all been through some kind of grief. I'm sure people listening right now have lost loved ones, whether it was recently, a long time ago, and you transport yourself back to that. Um, what's a sign that you guys have seen working with people grieving regularly where um, they've gotten themselves into a better place? Um, and like there's that aha moment that you guys have helped someone get through. I've heard a couple different things. Uh, people have a tendency to be kind of visual. Some people say it's like a, a light switch. Um, that I woke up this morning and it just didn't hurt as badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people talk about the fog lifting because one of the common symptoms related to grief is just this, like you feel like you're in a fog and just more moving slowly or, you know, walking through pea soup kind of a thing um, where that doesn't seem to be as much of a struggle anymore. Those are the kind of things that we've heard. I've heard from some of my clients, but again, that's it's an individual thing but really it's uh, the most recent one i heard was that overwhelming um crushing despair is better mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. i can relate to that from my own depression you just wake up and you're like you look around and go where'd the cloud go mm-hmm. yeah um are Anything you want to add to that, Tim? Yeah, because people do want to, you know, uh, some approach us in counseling and say, give me the coping skills. Where are the coping skills to basically fast forward my grief? And I wish that there were, do these five things and, and in 30 days you'll feel better. That's not how it works. I mean, a huge piece of grief is just time. Time heals, it takes time. There are other things that you can do find ways, find people to support you, find ways to talk about it, um, find ways to distract yourself from the grief. Uh, and, and the more of those that you can do, it's really about leaning into your grief. It's the people that try and, I, I recently saw a quote or heard a 
quote that I really like. If you're not talking about your grief, you're storing it. And mm-hmm. If you're storing it, it keeps getting heavier and heavier. It's uh, it's interesting how you guys know this as mental health professionals, how our mind plays tricks on us. Yes. One line, line I read a long time ago, and it's helped me, is we have to talk to ourselves more than we listen to ourselves. <laughs> um, and I know very few people, and even you guys as mental health professionals, me having been around the stuff and dealt with my own crap, our brains say it's okay. Just you know, think about it, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk. Our, our mm-hmm. brain and us will think about it, and it never seems to get any better. Like it just seems to kind of ramp up and storing it larger and larger. And somebody's like, you should go talk to somebody or mm-hmm. just have a chat with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it could be a stranger, it could be somebody that you have a chance meeting with, it could be a professional. Mm-hmm. And you have that chat and those voice and the words come out of your yeah. out of your head. And all of a sudden that catharsis finally hits yeah. and it turns out your brain was lying all along <laughs> to store it in there. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Like, sometimes just like hearing the words come out of your mouth is uh-huh. is some kind of remedy or just a first step to maybe getting to come see you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Go ahead. What I would add to, to that is your brain is actually trying to protect yourself, protect itself. By you telling yourself those things, it's doing its the best that it can to protect itself from further harm or from further negative feelings or grief or whatever it is. Um, but and it takes talking it out loud to realize, oh, actually, that's not <laughs> that protection that my brain is trying to do is not actually protecting me. It's working against me. I, I guess I can use uh, the comparison, the analogy, the analog of our our bodies are machines and our brains are computers and computers are very black and white zeros mm-hmm. and ones. And to your point, like it's simply trying to protect itself from getting worse. It hmm. can't. It's not mobile. It's not agile. Yeah. yeah um, Amy. Or whoever wants to hop in with this, we've talked mostly about sadness, which makes a lot of sense. Um, is there a more erratic or manic things that come with grief that you see with people's behavior? Oh, sure. A lot of times people have sleeplessness, um, and a lot of times that is more associated with uh, repetitive thoughts. They just can't get out of their head. Um, that Tim was sort of alluding to that. Um, anger. Uh, short-temperedness, not an uncommon thing. I just uh, talked to a client recently who was, I asked how things were going, and, and she said, I'm really annoyed, is what she said. Were you going to say a bad word? No, you were, I was you? not. <laughs> I did forget to tell her to not curse during this, so I don't want to edit it. <laughs> did I curse the last time? I don't know. No, but I wanted to be careful. Okay, okay, I'll be careful not to curse. Uh, but anyway, the, this person said, very, feeling very annoyed because some of the folks that she's been talking with have just said some really insensitive things, like, shouldn't you be over it now? <laughs> or minimizing it by saying, well, it's a nice sunny day. You know, you count your blessings. <laughs> and, oh, isn't it great that, you know, there are things we've heard, oh, isn't it great that you should be happy that you had... 50 great years with that person or I've lost they, someone too yeah I've lost yes. someone I know how you feel oh we could do this top oh, 10 list oh yes. yeah yes. yeah some of the things like every daily I'm, I'm I do that you know head smack of you've got to be kidding me why did they say that right yeah. um let's talk about the event because you guys are like you're a big deal now you have a fundraising event yeah. <laughs> and it's not just a fundraising it's a soiree it's a soiree so it's a, a swanky sun- event sunset soiree <laughs> it is a soiree is that a French word Yes, it's, for, a, sure. it's a foreign word event, but that fits so well for Perrysburg. Um, <laughs> give me all the details clearly that I can't afford, but we're oh, here to talk now, about now, it. Now, 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 it's uh, s- Saturday, September 23rd 
at the Perrysburg Boat Club. People who want to get tickets can go on our website, which is www.monarchgriefcenter.org. It's kind of long, but monarchgriefcenter.org. Who we yes. are. So yes, uh, it's going to be from six to nine. We have entertainment. We have silent auction. We have uh, a number of food items from local Perrysburg restaurants. So it's kind of a taste of Perrysburg sort of a thing. Got it. We have a couple of signature cocktails. We have uh, other. What's the entertainment? The entertainment is um, a gentleman who is a guitarist and does a lot of uh, work in the area. Okay. How about those signature cocktails? Yeah, there's one that's called... uh, One is the Monarch Monarch, and one is the Sunset. I like it. (laughs) So the the Sunset is sort of a twist on the Whiskey Sour. Um, it's going to be. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here so I get the exact right words. It's a New York sour. Yes, it's a New with York whiskey, sour. With whiskey, lemon. I'm stunned uh, that Tim knows the exact <laughs> ingredients. Just I'm just I'm just floored. Oh, I'm just what floored. Eric thinks of me. <laughs> no, well, I think a lot of things. So September 23rd. Bourbon, lemon juice, simple syrup, and then there's going to be a Cabernet float on that. Sounds good. Yes. Fancy. And then we have the Monarch, which is vodka, pomegranate juice. Um, Orange bitters uh, and with t- topped with a champagne. Also sounds good. Yes, very lovely. And then we have um, sunset themed garnishes. I'll leave that to be a surprise for those who attend. Okay. Excellent. I'm glad you guys could put this together. Things are going well. How can people come? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, hopefully the best part is going to be the sunset because the the location of the Perrysburg Boat Club has probably the best view of the sunset the only, in Northwest Ohio. This so. would be the only way you come to your party or getting a job at the boat club would be the only way I could see that. <laughs> um, well, but can you attend a party and see it? You know, this is during my functional hours. It is over by nine. So see? although I'm sure you guys go out afterwards for the after party, right? We'll uh, be cleaning up. We'll be cleaning up. I'm old. I don't know. Yeah. Can't speak for Tim, but I won't be. You know, us pros, like we we do our partying like in the in the late afternoon hours. We're done by nine o'clock. We have Netflix to go home That's to. Right. right. Um, Monarchgriefcenter.org for tickets. How uh, how can people get in touch with you? Otherwise, for help, groups, individual. I know you guys don't take insurance, but maybe you're working on that. And also, uh, there are payment plans you Update, can help people. Yeah. Uh, let's well, and let's start with, about insurance. Uh, Amy and I have had some d- discussions and heart to hearts, and ultimately, we have realized that not accepting insurance has been is a barrier for some people. Some people want us to use their insurance. So, in the next month or two, we should be taking all major commercial insurance. Look at you and Medicare and Medicaid. Excellent, so, excellent. Yes. Yes, we're very excited uh, to be offering that because, again, our goal is to decrease as many barriers for people to access our services. So uh, hopefully in October we should be launching that. But uh, people can either watch our website, which Amy already gave our website. They can always give us a call at 567-331-8601 or email us too at info at monarchreefcenter.org do you guys have any uh, socials like Instagram Facebook stuff up that people can follow Uh, we're on both Instagram and Facebook excellent Um, and if you didn't know I I give the location but how do you tell people uh, where you guys are located at across from the library that's the easiest way to say yep Okay. Downtown yeah. Perrysburg, right across from the library, the Way Public Library. So, uh, And we're expanding, too. I don't even know if we told you that. We're moving into the office next to us. Good for, for you. For more space. Uh, are, we, are you, like, 
Or is a wall coming down or the next office is bigger? The, it was already connected via like a hallway. So now we just, we're, yeah, we're going Congrats. from three rooms to how many? Seven, Seven rooms. We're adding four rooms. So with and, with all, all that, I'm final question or so here. Um, it sounds like business is booming. Uh, and I don't say that in a perverse way, as you've all both illustrated. Grief, grief yeah. is, is everywhere. And, you know, you're never completely over it. I can, I don't feel minute by minute about my mom's death but it can come back at any time and there's some sadness that seeps in uh will you will there be more than tim and amy well we do have um Lori, who's with us she is working with children excellent so she's our expert with children and uh as needs arise we will consider expanding our personnel yeah. Yeah, our, our our goal is to have more providers and even have more offices throughout the area. Well, uh, in a location, hopefully in Toledo, maybe Sylvania. I mean, we'll just kind of see. You can be like wanna... the uh, the Walmart of Greek places, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Target. Pick, <laughs> pick your Target, yeah. Target, okay. Uh, and I also should say that the tickets are $100 a person, um, but just as we've talked about... Um, this is a, a worthy cause, certainly, mm -hmm. and a large percentage of that is tax deductible. So, by when you order your tickets, pay for your tickets online, you'll be getting an email right away that then states what is tax deductible. So. Excellent. Last question: okay. We were all at uh, at Dorothy's event. Uh, good grief! Did you yeah. take anything from there? You're like, we got to do this at our event. <laughs> like mm -hmm. everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, <laughs> they did a great event. She does a great job. Yeah. She does a great job. Yeah. Uh, Tim and Amy from Monarch Grief Center, monarchgriefcenter.org, right? Yep. You got it. Thank you. Thanks, Eric.